So I've got to admit, I never really saw the benefits of upgrading to like a super expensive electric toothbrush before I did. I, I just thought it was fine to, you know, go to King Supers or Safeway and grab a $2 toothbrush every couple of months. But then I got a Sonicare after going to Green Mountain Dental Group. Then I really started to realize just the benefits of using an electric toothbrush and how it leads to healthier teeth, how it leads to a healthier mouth. You guys can get a Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group. All you've got to do is schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. It will change your life. Like no hyperbole, it will lead to healthier teeth. It will lead to less visits to the dentist in the long run because your teeth are getting clean every single night instead of just kind of half-assing it with a manual toothbrush. The benefits are real and Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, are hooking it up still for DNVR listeners. You guys can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them today. Oh my goodness. Let's do it. We getting good vibes up in here? Uh. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. Where you at, man? Where's that energy, bro? Couldn't write this, dude. Couldn't write this. Yeah, you know you know what we said about um, two minutes ago about your, your webcam acting up, Adam? Is it doing it's, it already? It's it's acting up already. We're yeah. there. We've got a great frozen thumbnail of you, though. Yeah. <laughs> Real close. It's there. It's not. Well, I might have to restart, but I'll try to get through this um, <laughs> time for our daily sermon. I love it. That this is, is like a, this is literally the best you've ever looked. This <laughs> you look so the, youthful. The, the lighting is actually pretty good. It, I'm gonna have to introduce you and then like hand it off so I can restart or something. Uh, but welcome in everybody, DNVR Nuggets <laughs> podcast, the final episode. <laughs> is it frozen again? It's just just keep talking. This is just no, yeah, just do the whole <laughs> show like this. We'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Crap. BSN McBride checking in. <laughs> this is the final episode of the off season, guys. When we come back, like I said, it'll be the on season. It will be time to go. But uh, we're going to send you off into your holiday weekend, extended weekend, with a little bit of fun, a little bit of intrigue, as we talk about the most intriguing storylines of the Denver Nuggets training camp, which starts a week from today, next Wednesday. I'm joined by Brendan Vogt. What's up, fellas? Feeling grateful? Feeling ready to rank some Thanksgiving food without Adam, who was sure to take that segment. So, ready to go. <laughs> RTG, baby. RTG. All right, Adam, you're going to have to restart. I'll just take over. <laughs> yeah, just take over. Below just me, uh, now, now to my left, it's Harrison Wind, the man with the wind in his hair. Yeah, so you guys informed me that we're not doing a show on Friday. I'm going to call you guys soft for, for wow. taking Friday Ooh. off. You guys are soft for taking a holiday. I was ready to come back after Turkey Day, power through a Friday show, but apparently apparently, we're actually taking a holiday here. I was pretty sure we were going to have to work through the whole week. I had no idea we were taking time. I want to work. I don't just take holidays. Now. I will do a show tomorrow with just us. Um, below me, it's D-Line Co., also known as Eric. You probably know him as D-Line Co., Eric, what's up? Am I especially not invited to that tomorrow show? I'm like, <laughs> well, if you, do you want to come? Are you going to celebrate? I don't know. I felt like I felt family? like. Well, I just felt like I was being especially excluded. You guys are making plans for, literally right in front of my face. It's come embarrassing. On. Come on. You when Mislav's not here, come. yeah, you're the okay. highlight of. Well, like, I mean, the thing is, like, what 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 are any of us doing? I, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, we're in my home right now. I'm I'm. Steps from my bed. I'm steps from my refrigerator. Where am I going? Like, I can't get online for an hour and talk about the Nuggets? <laughs> I can do it. Thanksgiving overrated, underrated, properly rated. Wind? Um, 
I'd say properly rated. This is like an ultra me take. I feel like yeah, I'd say it's it properly <laughs> right rated. down the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as we'll get to it. I hope we get to this in the in the latter part of the show. Uh, Turkey has there's been so much uh, vitriol thrown Turkey's way. Dude, Turkey Richard. is now becoming underrated. Um, just with, with the hate that's been just just Dude, why thrown at it this la- these last couple of weeks. It's now underrated. What the f, man? Turkey like. This has been, um, I mean, yeah, you're right. This is an attack on Turkey. It like is. we're ex- Turkey is under full uh, great attack. I, I don't know. I like Turkey. It tastes good. If you don't have Turkey, fall, keep, uh, stay with me on this. If you don't have Turkey, <laughs> you don't have a central food for yeah. Thanksgiving. You just I have know. a bunch anchor. of side dishes. You, you need no Turkey as your anchor. anchor. Yeah. No defensive anchor. It's true. Like, who, who is uh, bringing the the meal up the up the court? Like stuffing? Are you leading with stuffing? I mean, we all love stuffing, but come on, bro. Like, you need that defensive. No, anchor. it's true. And like looking at all these, we're gonna do. If you guys haven't figured out, at one point we will do a Thanksgiving food draft in this episode. And I've been looking around <laughs> at all the other Thanksgiving food drafts going around media, and I've noticed that problem. Everyone's getting cute with the skipping the turkey pick, Dude. but you have three yeah. sides, bro. Dude, I you, you need a main course Dude. on Thanksgiving. Dude, yeah. thanks for uh, giving us a little insight into your strategy, by the way. I can't wait to take oh, you down. Shit, yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of draft – I don't know the draft order yet. I know guy behind the scenes knows it. I don't know it. I don't think anybody wants the first pick in this draft. It's tough. Uh, it's a lot like the yeah. 2020 uh, NBA yeah. draft. Nobody like, wants the number one pick here. <laughs> is Adam set up to his, bust. Uh, his entire computer? Because I don't know if I have that much um, – if I have that much in me here. <laughs> Well, should we should we just get into it? We're gonna hit on a lot today. We're gonna hit on RJ Hampton. He spoke with the media um, yesterday for really the first time as a Denver Nugget because that trade really just went through over these last couple of days. So uh, we gotta talk about RJ Hampton. What our impressions were from that? Um, What's up, guy? Uh, I have some clips from that interview. If you'd like me to play them, oh, that seems yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, seems, yeah. let's see some clips. I would say that seems prescient. Tread water for a couple seconds, and I'll yeah, yeah. Back. Oh wait, so did we'll you? He come on to say that he has them when in fact he doesn't have them. He just knows where they are. <laughs> I have them. It takes time <laughs> to get them prepared. At, thank you. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, um, Russell. We do notice you. Hello. Yeah, Nicholas Bisquet says, Thanksgiving never uh, never has so much mediocre food required so much work. That is yeah. – uh, that's a fair argument. Yo, Adam, Adam's like main argument with um, the with Thanksgiving food is you don't eat it every day. It's like, yeah, because you don't want to spend eight hours making food every day. That's why you don't eat it every day. That's why it's yeah. special. Like you don't want to roast a turkey daily. Like that. It takes like 10 hours. <laughs> that's true. It's a lot of work. <laughs> All right, guy. How are we doing with those RJ clips? We're ready yeah, to I'm talk. Ready, so we're ready to talk hoops. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, it seemed like you were really excited about Denver as the place that you landed at. What is it about the Nuggets organization that made you so excited to get drafted by them? Uh, I think just the culture uh, in which you know uh, I was presented to by you know Tim Connolly um, and the people that I had my pre-draft workout for. Um, they said it was a family environment. Um, said a lot of people in the organization um, took everything super serious. And then, you know, it's a great team. Uh, and Denver is a great place to stay, live. Colorado's a great place. So yeah. I think it just, you know, all worked mm. out for me. They see real talent. Um, you know, a lot of guys um, from that one through 13 spot, uh, you know, are kind of mad. They missed out on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and those guys that, you know, slid on Bobo, um are kind of mad they missed out on him. So 
uh, it's going to be the same thing with me. I'm going to continue to work hard every day and, you know, show, you know, people that the Nuggets are real talent evaluators, you know, see what they miss. I'm a guy that can do everything. Um, I can play the one, the two, the three um, if needed. Um, so, you know, my value on the court uh, is going to be, you know, what I can produce and what I can do, you know, that day or for what the team needs. So, um, you know, only, you know, Jamal and, you know, Monte and, you know, PJ, or they're all going to make me better. I would say my biggest skill is versatility. Uh, my biggest skill is to be able to do everything. Uh, I can rebound, I can pass, um, shoot, get to the basket. Um, you know, I feel like I'm one of the fastest people in the NBA. Um, so, like I said, whatever the team needs me to do, I'm confident enough in myself and my abilities that I'm versatile enough to get it done. Um, the emphasis was to you know become a great three-point shooter. Uh, I want to be a high 30s, low 40% three-point three shooter uh, in, the, in the coming years. So, uh, you know, five, six months, we were in the gym, you know, every single day. Uh, getting up shots. Uh, you know, I'm coming from a team where you know there's superstars, a lot of talent, and I'm gonna have to knock down shots to you know open up the rest of my game. Man, how to ingratiate yourself with a fan base 101. I'm gonna uh, buy his jersey right now. Hold on, I'll be right back. Yeah, tons of confidence. I think tons to take away from those clips. Um, when let's go to you though, just for first impressions. Anything really stood out to you listening to RJ there? So if you Think back to that first clip that we played. It, it was our guy TJ McBride opening up with the question, That's right? And BSN TJ. Yeah, this this was honestly my, my biggest takeaway over the last week about RJ Hampton because if you remember on draft night, there was that clip that surfaced where he was just so pumped that Denver yep. took him twenty four. Yep. The camera probably got him. I don't know a minute or two after the selection came through, but he said, "Quote: Those guys play together. They're all young. That's the best fit I could have possibly been in." And then he followed that up yesterday, uh, speaking with us and saying, yeah, just the culture made me really want to come to Denver. Colorado's a great place. Denver's a great place to live. I really feel like RJ Hampton wants to be in Denver. And um, he's got this confidence about him, but I don't think he's too cocky. Uh, he, he knows he's coming into a team like full of a couple superstars, and he's going to have to play a really defined role if he wants to get on the court from day one. But I just feel like he really wants to be here. And to contrast that with Jeremy Grant leaving Denver because he doesn't want to be part of a winning culture and he doesn't want to, you know, play for a winner right now. That's fine. That's his choice. That's his prerogative. But to contrast that with RJ Hampton, who wants to be in that environment, wants to be in that culture from day one, I've got to think the Nuggets love to hear that from him. Eric, that's how I wanted to frame the question to you, especially from that fan perspective. They take a flyer, a gamble, if you will, on that culture thing. The we do right by guys, they want to be here. Doesn't work out with Jeremy Grant. Um, was it that much more satisfying? Was it? Was there something almost tingling in you to then turn around and watch the next new prospect say, no, this is exactly where I want to be? Yeah, do you want me to tell you exactly what was tingling in me? Yes. <laughs> down in my Dude, I, thought, I mean, I love it. You, you never hear... I mean, just in general, for some reason, like every football player can't wait to play in Denver and every basketball player can't get further away from Denver. I don't really understand like what it is, but man, like I know for a fact, like if you love me, I'll love you. I've, I've told you this. This is my approach to dating. This is my approach to friendship. Like <laughs> if you're nice, if like, like if you are nice to me, like I'll fall in love with you immediately. I'll do anything right, for right. you. So just the, the notion that even if he's lying to my face, like I appreciate it. Like, right. just, just lie to my face, man. Like, just make me feel excited. And you've won me over. Like, I'm super excited for the RJ Hampton uh, era to begin in Denver. The other main takeaway is that, I don't know if we can bring the clip back up. It almost looks like 
his hair is connected to the hat that he's putting on it. it, it he has it shaved on the sides and then it's coming out the like this, doesn't that look like that the hair is part of the hat more so than part of his head? <laughs> of course, that's your real takeaway. Um, I like this comment from uh, BSN McBride, whose voice you heard in that clip. Uh, who will be the Debbie Downer to bring up? He might have gotten coached for. Oh, his looks intro like it was. Uh, looks like it was B- BSN McBride. Yeah, that brought it I'll up. do it. I think he was coached, but you know what? He nailed it. He said all the right things, and I don't know if he knew this or not. I'm pretty sure that is exactly what Denver fans wanted to hear after, every, after everything that just happened. Um, Adam, double double prong question to you here. Are you buying the idea that RJ really wants to be here? And then, and what are your big impressions from those clips? So whether or not a guy wants to be here, I mean, we can't know. I mean, you're just right. Like, he's, these yeah, guys get, Yeah, but no, I, I what I would say is that you can tell when a guy doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember when Jalil Okafor was drafted by the 76ers and he had his jersey and he yeah, and it was, he was holding it up and he was like this and then and then like kind of like, like that and it was the most like all right that guy doesn't want to be here I think RJ Hampton like it like I don't know him like most of these he's from Dallas would he have liked to have been drafted by the Dallas Mavericks probably would he have liked right. to have been drafted by the Miami Heat probably I don't know but he seems excited to be here I think he seems his scout is good like he you could tell he's done a little research you know yes. so like he knows the team he's familiar with what the guys are and. I think he has a good mind frame going into it. I'm sure he's been told that he, this is Denver. It's not a, a team that desperately, you know, has nothing else to play for except for him. Like this, this right. is a team where he is a bit of an afterthought and he seems to have embraced that. I love pause, Adam. Look at him. Yeah. Look at him. He's never I looked better. I want to hit the refresh again. <laughs> oh, there Just, Don't know what's here. This is going to be This is, uh, again, I like, the, I love the, the sign of the sign of the times that we're really in is that you can really know the true worth of a person by their internet connection and uh, whether or not their microphone works well. <laughs> like that, that's the new judging uh, yeah. ability. To, to, to Adam's point, to Adam's point, I thought this was another standout quote from him. I'm coming into a team where there are superstars. Superstars, mm-hmm. plural. Um, there's a lot of talent and I'm going after knockdown sh- shots to open up the rest of my game. Like Adam said, I think he's got a great scout on the Nuggets. He, he knows what the talent's like on this roster. And I've got to think some of that scout came from Mike Miller, who he worked with definitely. in the pre-draft process and definitely gave him a rundown on what to expect coming to Denver in terms of the players, the coaches, the front office, just the culture. And that's another reason why I think he's so familiar. Um, but he's definitely aware that – it's probably going to be like swimming upstream for him to try to get playing time this year. And if he's going to get on the court, he's going to have to do the little things. You know, he's going to have to defend. He's going to have to knock down shots. He's going to have to play a really defined role. So I just think he's got great awareness about the situation he's walking into. The Mike Miller point is interesting because to TJ's question, was he coached up for this? Or did Mike Miller maybe just talk Denver up as a landing spot to him? And that's possible too. Um, I like Justin McGinley in the comments said, you know, whether or not he wants to stay long term is another question, but he reads into those comments as this is a guy who has has identified Denver as a good spot for his development, his yep. professional development. And I think that's cool, too, because it's certainly a different reputation in Denver now than it was just five, six years ago. A guy like RJ being excited to come. I mean, I think that's kind of that's like that's a new dynamic. Was he, coached, was he coached up to say like positive things or whatever? Maybe. Sure. But here's the thing. I actually think he's just a guy that's really comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's a shy guy at all. And there's a lot of shy no. guys when it comes to media. There's a lot of people that like are shy. Bubble. 
Bull Bull. I mean, Jeremy Grant was one. Gary Harris is yep. one. You know, there's there's a handful of guys on the roster that that aren't that. Out you know who also wasn't guys. one? PJ Dozier. PJ Dozier, uh, so comfortable in his own skin. Very confident. Very that was composed. my first. Yeah. Very composed. How about the confidence of RJ Hampton? This this guy reminds me of a young Jamal. And you know what? It's not rubbing me the wrong way because I think Wind nailed it. There is an awareness. Right There's an awareness to him, I think, that shines through. But he believes in himself. I love that quote we got that. He's like, look, I'm not I my dream was make it to the NBA, but it wasn't to be a regular dude in the NBA. Yeah, I want to be yeah. great and I want to work for it. And Look, whether or not he gets there, whatever. I just think it's really cool to hear a player with that talent sort of speak that way about himself in, in a sense that that makes you believe in him too, you know? The thing that's nice about RJ, and maybe because, like, let's be honest, Zeke Naji went ahead of him, might be a better prospect. We don't know. I mean, at this moment, you know, I think a lot of people think RJ has the the higher upside. But the thing is, is that he fits a, a sort of vacant superstar position. I think uh-huh. for Denver, like, Denver looks at, okay, Murray and Jokic already superstars at the one and the five. Um, Michael Porter Jr. we think can be a superstar at the three. So then you start to go, okay, what does five superstars look like? Well, okay, Bull Bull can be the four and RJ Hampton maybe the two. So I think there's this little like mental game Nuggets fans where they place him maybe ahead of where he belongs. He's going to be so dope. I cannot wait. Imagine because he is uh, just his game. Like he's got like a a very visually pleasing game. Yeah, that's true. You know that he's going to like – like punish the rims every now and again, like bury Zach Levine or Levine or whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> whatever. And that's where whatever. that sort of like our eagerness to slot him as a star, as a fan base comes into play. I mean, his ceiling is that because athletically he is that. Like he could be one of those guys where if he rounds out his skill sets, he can dominate certain games at the I'm NBA so excited, level one day. That's I'm possible. So it's not a guy who, okay, hard ceiling on a role player, but he's going to be a great and drop like catch and shoot. This is a guy who maybe, maybe if he hits his ceiling um, can dominate. I need you guys to figure out forensically like the story of draft night. Um, like why they drafted Zeke Naji first, like what kind of intel they had that made that those picks come in that order and like what i'm so confused by it well i can tell you know a lot of players that are being taken i can tell you why they traded back in to get rj hampton well i know that but like why didn't they draft rj first and then trade back to get zeke naji like what what, what was the intel they had (laughs) because they took zeke naji and then if you look at the uh what team was picking behind them um I forget what team was picking behind him, but they were cl- clearly like not a fit for RJ Hampton. So I think they knew Hampton was going to be there. And they, they had Hampton graded out as a late lottery talent on their board. And so like at 24, that value is just, is just too good to pass up. Yeah. If that's your grade on him. Absolutely. Uh, did you hear the, did the, was the music playing and we just ignored the cue? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to break. When we come back though, we should uh, <laughs> we hop into the, what the title of the show is, which is, what are we most intrigued by in training camp? Lots to be intrigued by. Plenty to be intrigued. Oh, Lance uh, Lance here says we're still not beating the Lakers. It's, appreciate that, Lance. Preseason Nuggets <laughs> podcast. Lance, come on. <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, set your calendar. Set your alarm clock. Make a reminder uh, on your phone because this Friday, we've got an insane Black Friday deal going oh, on man. on the DNVR.com. This deal, some money. Yeah. Steel is unreal. Like, I know I'm going to be dropping a lot of money. I'm sure you guys are too. Hoodies are in. Oh, the hoodies. The hoodies are in stock. Yeah, uh, you guys can get up. up to 80% off 
the entire store. Yes, up to 80% off the entire store. That's dnvrlocker.com. And if you spend $75 pre-tax, we will also give you a $15 gift card that you can apply starting Tuesday, December 1st in the DNVR Locker. So nice. a couple incredible options. Like you guys were mentioning, we got the hoodies in. I think D-Line's getting them up here. We've yeah, got yeah, a I'm camo option. We've got a zip-up option. They're both absolutely fire. The, yeah, share, uh, share my screen, yo. Yeah, let's see if we can get them up here. There they so, are. Yeah, so uh, just to note here, the the pat, like it's, these are embroidered. Look at that. Ooh, They're not just classy. printed on like some fly-by-night, like garbage level. Yeah, the quality outlet. on these, the quality on these is unreal. Like the best quality we, we might have ever done on any of the, uh, any of our like merchandise. And contrary to my colleagues' opinions, um, Zippo hoodies, not for women only. Big fan of the Zippo hoodie yeah, myself. Yeah, the, the, and it, listen, if you're uh, if you're a DNVR Nick like uh, we nice. all are, and you have num a uh, number of uh, DNVR T-shirts, like this is, is this goes with it. It's like I I've told people like I design shirts to be worn with jackets. It's like you see like a little graphic below it, and then I mean, can you imagine looking as good as I do right now? But you do you at home? <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> yeah, so you guys can pick these up from the DNVR locker, absolute fire. Uh, you can Friday, get up maybe. to 80% off the entire store on uh, Black Friday. So set your alarm, do whatever you gotta do to, to log on then. Um, also, if you're looking to go back to school, maybe you're looking to, to finish up your degree, check out MSU Denver online. You can see their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online. Great classes, great teachers. Um, They've been teaching online forever. And, you know, right now, online education is really the only option we have. So why wouldn't you go to the masters at teaching classes online? So check them out today, msudenver.edu backslash online. All right, done with that average. All right, let's um, turn our attention now to training camp because it is, it doesn't feel like it, but it is exactly one week away next Wednesday. Nuggets will get together and begin their training camp and preseason portion of the season. And it, I've, as I was going through this list, guys, we could start to compile a list of things we're interested in. I realized that this year, more than any of the last four or five, I feel like has the most battlegrounds, Definitely. you know, position battleground. There's like more new faces. It just this training camp almost in many ways feels the most uh, with the most moving parts. And it's on a shortened schedule. They have to get it done kind of quickly. So um, to kind of get into it here. Mine, this is this isn't necessarily an order, but if I were to put them in order, I think I do have a number one thing I'm most interested in. And I don't tell me if 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 you guys agree with this, it's Bull Bull. Like I'm once again, he's such a mystery. Some of the other guys we know more about, but Bull Bull, I don't know, is he out of the rotation? Is he in? Does he, I think he has a real chance? The way I would, I it's been told to me is he's going to have an opportunity to battle for, uh, you know, a role on on, on this team. So. Um, to me, it's no question. We saw a little glimpse of him in the bubble and it was like straight adrenaline into the eyeballs. So I can't wait to see him again in the, in, in training camp for preseason. That's my number one. What do you think, Wind? Yeah, I agree. I've been hearing the same stuff. I've been hearing he's going to get a chance to compete for minutes at the backup three and four. And, and I think his first chance is going to come very early in the regular season because I think this is going to be a thing with the Nuggets. I think this is going to be a thing with teams throughout the league, especially contenders. 
they're not going to want to play their top guys and like their um their death lineups you know heavy heavy minutes at the very start of the season sure so i i could see you know teams just kind of handing it over to their bench for more minutes particularly in december in january and that's when i feel like bulls really going to get a shot right at the beginning of this of the season if he proves he can uh he he can belong i think he could stick in the rotation but I'm I'm with you, man. I think that's going to be like one of the the top storylines to watch from day one, and I think he's going to get a shot early. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason they can't work with Bull Bull. I mean, he has gifts that no one else in the NBA can boast. Like the fact that he can shoot as well as he can, and the fact that he can be seven foot ten or whatever he is. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, like it it that transfers. Like that yeah, that's a yeah. transferable skill. Being very very tall, so he just needs the the opportunity. And like now, you know, like people have been cleared out in front of him. I just think that there's, you know, we're gonna see obviously rookie mistakes out of him, and we're gonna get the same kind of like MPJ frustration where like maybe he's not in the right spot and we get rage timeouts and things like that. But I mean, that, that he's definitely going to get on the court. Will you be be as frustrated if bowl is used like MPJ was last year? Will you be as frustrated? I think that I think nuggets fans have to mentally prepare for that. Like you should should know for a fact, like he's not going to get the heavy minutes you want him to to, to play. It's going to be exactly like MPJ and like, just not make a thing out of it. Like this well, is just this is just the methodology of, of Coach Michael Malone. Like you can get frustrated by it, or you can just know that that's what's coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing with MPJ is it was like a hole on the team. Like, oh, this type of player, it would right. really help if he played, and there was room for him to play. Yeah, Bullets yeah. a little more of like, okay, you got to move some stuff around. Maybe maybe he surprises you in the battle for backup wing minutes. But some of our commenters, I think, have sort of accurately framed this upcoming season as. Look, it's probable that the playoff floor took a hit. And I think we could all see them maybe having just as good a season, but not squeaking out the seven-game win in the second round, maybe. Um, But that doesn't mean that you necessarily take massive steps backwards in terms of organizational momentum or your belief in the team as a fan. And I think what that looks like is, okay, all right, there wasn't the linear improvement, but Bo Bo looked great this season. And right, it was a bit right. of a stretch, but next year he's ready. So right. we de- we're, maybe we're still on that same trajectory. Yep. It's just in the meantime, there was a little speed bump. And it does feel a little bit like, I mean, this is what happens sometimes when you have the fan glasses on too hard is you always start making excuses like next year. it'll Don't worry, we're one year right, away or whatever. Right, and right. so it almost, this is the first time where I almost feel like that. But at the same time, Denver doesn't have to take a step back this year. It is possible that they are actually an even better team by the time they get to the playoffs. It doesn't necessarily look like that right now, but it's on the table. And if they can accomplish that and get Bull Bull there, this season will be an absolute A-plus success. Um, Speaking of MPJ, a fresh look at him. Apparently he's added weight. He's up to like 230 pounds, according to his own scale. I can't handle this, man. I'm too excited. Don't tell me this stuff. <laughs> so Michael Porter, me like, and MPJ, I'm, similar. That's amazing. <laughs> think about how hyped Putting they were. Do you, so the two times Michael Porter has looked his best, Jan, like end of December, early January, when he hadn't played at all, he finally gets on the court 100% fresh, super athletic looking, right? Then it kind of waned over time. He looked like he got worn down. Then he goes into the bubble, looks hyper-athletic again. I think we're going to get hyper-athletic, maybe the most athletic version of Michael Porter in this, a more confident one, and a team that's has to, I have to imagine Michael Malone's like number one goal coming into camp is to integrate Mike, uh, Michael Porter. Has I mean, to obviously be. defense. Well, defense and all this stuff. But I'm saying offensively, integrating Michael Porter into the the framework and the fabric of, of Denver's offense. So 
I can't wait, guys. Like, we have a, what, 14 days till a preseason game? That'll be our first look at both of those things. And for me, Michael Porter is right there next to Bull Bull at, at the top of this list. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah, we didn't get that, like, insane tease of Summer League this year. Where you know, right, like, right. That, that's, which I actually, like, kind of appreciate. You don't have, like, two months lead up. You're like, I cannot wait to see what RJ Hampton and Sub- Summer Zeke League is, look great, is great for the team. It might be just, like, the absolute worst thing for, the fan, for a fan <laughs> totally, base. <laughs> I know. And then you watched, like, one minute of Summer League. You're like. Oh, right. This is just the worst version of basketball. <laughs> MPJ, vote. Dude, this is number one on my list. And part of it is because there's not a lot of mystery for me. I think he's going to whip ass if he stays healthy. <laughs> so, like, give it to me, man. 30 MPJ minutes a night. We've waited. We've whipping, waited. Baby? And it's it's time to find out. And if we're wrong on MPJ, I would also like to know that sooner rather than later. Right, right. So I'm just excited to watch this kid let it rip. And I would imagine... Yes, there are reservations because he hasn't played major minutes and he has health. But with all the factors, health concerns, with all the factors we've talked about, though, 72 game seasons, maybe the stars don't play as much. Maybe they don't take on as big a load. I think we're going to see MPJ shooting a lot. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I am all the way here for it. It's, it's, I'm, it's, uh, go ahead, Dylan. Uh, I, I was just going to add a little seasoning to what Brennan said. Do just it. make it like, I just can't wait, dude. It's going, this is going to, this is going to be the MPG, MPJ Ascension season. Um, it's absolutely, I mean, and we've seen it. It's no longer just fiction. We witnessed it happening in the bubble. He was second team all bubble. And that contained, I mean, that was every player was uh, up and eligible for that distinction. And right. he got it because he was hitting 30, he was shooting the lights out. Yeah, he was shooting points. like a ridiculous like, percentage. It was incredible. It was absolutely points. incredible. So like, th- doesn't his Porter's rookie season remind you a little bit of Jokic's in that you're like, guys, I think this guy's awesome. Everybody looks at the numbers is like, all right, well, why is he only playing 14 minutes a game? And, oh, well, let's see if he can do that once he's scouted. And let's see if like – and all this stuff. And you're like, I don't think it's that, guys. Like, I know there are players that are like that where you're like, yeah, they have some weaknesses and they're sneaking yeah. by. I love the scouted. They're like, yeah. oh, we d- we've we discovered he's very tall and can get a shot off whenever he wants. He's going to shoot it when you're right often. in his mouth. That's the scouting <laughs> yeah. report. Right here, we scouted it. So I'm curious to see if this second season follows Jokic's second season. Remember, yeah. Jokic, it started off frustrating because he was doing the Twin Tower Balkan buddy ball thing. But once Jokic got the keys December 15th, the rest is history, and I wonder if we get that season from MPJ where it's like, oh, yeah, he was so obviously an awesome player, and now that he's playing a lot of minutes, everybody sees it. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- with both of those guys, it just – the talent absolutely pops. You know, the, the talent popped with Jokic during his rookie year. MPJ pops every time he's on the floor. Uh, so, you know, the talent is real. I am super curious to see heading at the training camp, how do the Nuggets frame – what's going on at the small forward position. Is it an open competition between Michael Porter Jr. Will Barton? And yeah, I guess that would really be it. But is it an open competition there? Do they give MPJ the job? How does that just kind of affect the dynamics there? Because I'm pretty sure MPJ is going to be starting at the three or the four, most likely the three. Just how does the coaching staff kind of approach that? Because there are some other dynamics at play there. Um, that I'm just going to be curious to see how they work out. Yeah. Next thing I have on my list. So we have two really exciting ones. Here's a bummer one. Oh, COVID. Sick. The, yeah, oh, sick. Wow. No, Let's COVID. talk about COVID. Guys. I'm sorry, because honestly, we went through <laughs> with basketball, just like we have with real life. We've gone through the whole thing where it's like, where it, so many people are just over it. You forget about it. But mm-hmm. if you remember going into the bubble, Denver was missing nine guys because 
of COVID. So I'm curious to see not just with the Nuggets, but the whole NBA, do they all arrive ready to go and, and, and they're able to do that? Or do we get to training camp next week and it's like, there's six guys, you know, like Whittington starting at point guard. And we're like, okay, well, <laughs> training maybe we're more than a week away from training camp, it turns out. So I don't know if you guys have anything to say on that. Don't want to dwell on do we, it. Do we want to – do you want us to speculate how many players have COVID? Yeah, let me guess. Yeah. I'll guess by the names. <laughs> I, I would just say prepare yourself for guys to get it. I mean, guys are going to get it throughout the league, probably on the Nuggets. It's, yep. it's going to happen, and it's going to happen throughout the season. So just This is actually yourself. like a, a really interesting dynamic because the we talked about this before, but the NBA, with establishing the bubble, like really put themselves at like the highest level of – ethics and morality in the world of sports we were able to like look down and cast dispersions upon the mlb and the nfl like what are they doing? Yeah. just try these play every week there's another guy and now the nba is going to be riddled with covid as they I go know, from I city know. to city so we're gonna we're definitely going to see if they're able to maintain their uh their sheen yeah that's true they will. yeah that's true. um will barton's health is a big one to me um we just don't know. He's starting to post more and more stuff on his social accounts with him actually in the gym and doing different things. But if he's not ready to go at the start of the season, I do feel like that changes a lot of dynamics, um, especially early on. Big time. So, so I'm kind of curious about that one. Man, I. it would be really great if someone could just come out and be like, oh, no, he's healthy. <laughs> like with each day right. that that confirmation doesn't come, it gets a little – um, and look, you don't want to, we have a certain responsibility here. We wouldn't stir a pot or report on something we don't know. It's just, it's a real question. It's a real question when the last time a guy played was March, um, when there's not a lot of information about what the injury is. And when you would assume to this point in this year with the way things have gone, I don't think Barton's, has he been back in Denver? I, I haven't seen him spending a lot of time here on social media. So you just have to wonder, like, You've been blocked, just do we know about Barton? Does the team know about Barton? I think these are real concerns. And if he can't go, um, that maybe the Compasso signing makes a little bit more sense. Unless you're looking at Barton as a wing. You're like, who's the backup wing if he can't go? Is it PJ? PJ. So there's just a chain reaction of questions, I think, that follow. And it's something I've got my eye on for and sure. And that's the thing. If somebody put here a concern about it. Well, first of all, I do think a healthy Will Barton makes the Nuggets better. Dude. I do. I mean, I just I can't get on board Will with Will Barton that. is so much better than people give him credit for. Right. And he's playing the three. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's been out of position a lot. But here's the one thing I'll say is it might make it easier for Malone if he is out like early on to establish a little bit of a rotation that he can slot back into. I mean, I do worry if he's back, does Michael Porter have to like beat him for a position battle? Does that make it awkward? It would sure make it a lot easier if Michael Porter was awarded that by virtue of there not being a competition. And then like when Barton comes back, it's just like, well, we're comfortable with where we are with the team or something like that. I just and, think it might be weird in camp. If they're- well, and, and here's like another storyline that I haven't really heard talked about, but it's absolutely the truth. Like, we're talking about how the Nuggets didn't improve. Maybe they maybe even took a step back. We didn't re-sign Jeremy Grant. But like during that entire bubble run, we didn't have Will Barton. Right, right. right. We're adding Will Barton to the mix of essentially all the same guys that were just able right. to do it at that high level. Like the Nuggets, I mean, you, you can con- essentially consider him a free agent signing in a sense. Like The Nuggets on the, on the front office of the coaching staff really does think they like last year they win it with Will Barton. I know like a lot of fans maybe or, or especially Listen, fans man. of other teams don't think it, but internally they, they really believe that. I, I'll tell you this, man. Non-all-stars, not all-stars that give you 16, 5, and 4. Right. There's like what, two of those guys, three of those right. guys in the world? So uh, the, the other thing about Barton is um, – Really, until Jamal kind of took control of this team, 
uh, after kind of that that pause and he had like all those emotional moments and the post game interview. This team was kind of lacking a voice in the bubble, and like Will Barton is kind of the pulse of this team behind the scenes. So I think without him, you know, maybe, maybe they just don't need that anymore after Jamal's kind of ascended and, you know, they just kind of had the success they did last year. Maybe they don't need his voice as much as they did last year, but that was definitely something that was missing from this team early in that first round against the Jazz. They could, I mean, um, they could use his buckets. If that they else. could always use, I think, yeah. And to, to address this comment from Rayvon, which I think is a good one. I mean, like I Barton has put an emphasis on battling on the glass, um, really guard D'ing up on guys that you just mentioned are 20, 30 pounds heavier than him sometimes. Yeah. And it might've had a real impact on his health, but I think Oscar Fang commenter also nailed it. They kind of have to like, who are the other wings exactly. on the team? Exactly. And, that, yeah. and that's the problem. That is the Greg problem. Whittington. Some of you are screaming yeah. into your computers. <laughs> I know. We'll find out. I know we will find out. Um, I do want to keep it moving here though. Battlegrounds. This is the thing that I think is also extremely interesting here. So, Michael Porter Jr., we just all have like penciled him in as the starting small forward, but I don't know if Malone has. And I'm really curious to see how he handles that. If he comes into camp and says, yeah, there's an open small forward battle, or if it's like just not disgusted, it's kind of implied that Porter will be there because I, 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 we've, all, we've all mentally moved on, and it would be so nuggets and so Malone for it to be like, Porter's coming off the bench again. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, what Yo, are we doing? Which, uh, which future theoretical – Twitter-based argument are you least like or least excited to engage in? Is it fighting with Comcast because the uh, games oh, are not geez. shown? Is yeah. it fighting about Michael Porter Jr.'s usage in his minutes? Like, yeah. there's a, there's Here's a few the thing, out though. there. It's going to be very easy for the Nuggets to play up a small forward competition, even if there isn't one this year, because like there's no media at training camp. We're not going to be there. It's going to be everything you know behind the scenes. But if the competition is between uh, Michael Porter Jr., um, a less than 100% Will Barton, Greg Whittington, and Bull Bull. It's like, what are we doing? Is this really what a competition? Like, what is this? <laughs> Who do we think but, is going to win the competition? Yeah. But they can't still frame it as that because it's going to be like behind closed doors. The media is not going to be there. We're not going to be able to like like get the uh, face-to-face interaction we would normally with this these guys so they can still play that up if they want especially because last time they did it then we asked will barton about the open (laughs) competition at small fort and he had heard nothing about it (laughs) it's gonna be a lot easier to to feed us stuff like that what if bull bull is our starting three at the (laughs) look man this i don't think is likely and i still think pj makes more sense if barton can't go but there's absolutely a path to bowl winning backup wing minutes this season. It's just on the table. Oh, for, oh, for sure. I'm saying, like, what if we start the season with Jokic and Bowl and uh, just, like, some weird combination of players we never even considered? P.J. Dozier at the two? Like, <laughs> I think Ray brought up a really good point there because if you think back to all these competitions, even going back to the Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier, Javier Nelson competition, and – like thinking back last year to the small forward competition, these are all competitions and sense, but there's always a leader in the clubhouse. Right. There's always a guy that the coaches in the front office want to win that competition in the end. And that guy always has a leg up going into this thing. So I think this is going to be MPJ's job to lose. You know, yeah. he can oh, lose sure. it. He definitely can lose it during training camp and the preseason by just like not giving a shit, like not passing. Um, I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll win the job, but 
it's definitely going to be his to lose, in my opinion. Look, the reality is, and I would wager even Malone kind of has this perspective at this point. Um, when you lose a guy like Grant, the playoff floor takes a hit. How can you make up for that? I mean, what's how does the ceiling grow? And PJ is playing 30 minutes a game by the end of the season. We all know it. I think it's their only path to being a team that's somehow any better than they were last year. So I think it'll happen. If you guys may have noticed that uh, as Lesbian Duck, my friend, just pointed out in the comments, loving the podcast with no Adam so far. Adam just briefly dipped out. He's going to do – it's hard to say. He has so many other prior commitments. Could it be one of the Locked On podcasts he does without us? A radio show. I, I mean, it could be like, anything. He's just probably spending time with friends and family. Ugh, what a loser. So <laughs> we're going to fill in this gap. Um, can I little... can I talk about Greg Whittington real quick? Sure, sure, I know sure, we got a lot of people in the comments wanting to talk about Greg and Whittington. And also, also, like anybody, this should be a lesson for you. If you want to make Brendan read your name, however embarrassing it might be, he'll do it. Like if you just give yourself a screen name that is – like lesbian duck, for example, he'll just read it right out. I'm, like, I'm strangely so you, eager to say it. <laughs> so if you just change your, your name to something uh, like you know, off-putting, he'll do. He'll do it. He'll read it. <laughs> so everybody's wondering how Greg Whittington's going to factor into this thing. I actually think he's going to have a chance to play. He's been described to me by people with the team as kind of like a mix or, or a proxy between Jeremy Grant and Tory Craig. And those are two guys who are no longer on this roster. And right. Denver doesn't have a player that really resembles any one of those guys still on the roster. Greg Whittington's the closest thing to that. And just kind of reading the tea leaves and talking to people around Greg Whittington, he had other offers from teams. Yep. He had Ooh. other big-time EuroLeague offers. People wanted him. And he came to Denver in the end partly because <laughs> – the Nuggets lost Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig. So I think he came to Denver thinking he was kind of going to get a chance yeah. because Denver just doesn't have that guy on the wing who can defend, yes. um, who kind of has the skill set that he does. It's Man, I'm really with Compazzo, right? Like he he had other options. And the fact that these guys are not only talking to, but making the decision to come play for the Denver Nuggets in a non-guaranteed role, like where they're going to have to be able to prove themselves to hit the court. Like, I got to think those conversations with them and with their, their representation have been such that like these guys have a real opportunity to get real minutes and really fight for it. I was going to say, we've sort of done this exercise with like to this point in the pod over the last few weeks with guys we knew would be on the team. And we got to this point where you go, okay, if thrill is the back of three and he can't go, then you're looking at either stretching a guard in PJ or maybe some people consider him a big in bowl, sort of like an imperfect fit. Whittington is that answer. If you're going, who is the actual wing type guy on this team? It's him. And so he is absolutely going to go into that, that training camp, which with, I think of a chance of winning backup wing minutes um, or, yeah. or at the very least earning some spot backup win- wing totally. minutes here and there throughout the season. I mean, that Tory Craig had no business earning minutes on this team and he came in, in exactly the same fashion that uh, Greg Whittington is coming in. Like, I can see a compl- I, I see a very clear path to him making an impact. I mean, the Craig yeah. thing, like I think at the start of the offseason, we had all sort of seen a type of offseason where if Craig leaves, you're probably okay with that because, you know, Malone's propensity to play him over certain guys, the way some of those Jokic lineups work out. But then not bringing Greg back after the Grant decision is curious. Yeah. It's really yeah. curious. So I think this that's what the Greg Whittington signing is about. 
Um, and I, yeah, he's got a chance. I mean, that's it's the super, answer. It, they, it's they super curious him. because the Nuggets could have brought Tory Craig back. They could have afforded to, to bring him back, but they didn't. They chose right. to um, address their need at backup center instead and kind of elevate bowl. And there just wasn't that roster spot for Tory Craig. So they could have brought him back. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Hartenstein, the heart and soul of the yeah, team. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about backup center. Talk us, into, go, talk us into Isaiah Hartenstein. <laughs> so I think the Nuggets learned their lesson at backup center in the sense that it's not worth overpaying for a backup center because they had Mason Plumley on this mega contract for a backup center of these last couple of years. And look, Mason Plumley is a fine backup center. Uh, he was definitely overpaid at his number, but you know he was a fine backup center. Isaiah Hartenstein's on a minimum deal. You know, and I think he can definitely give the Nuggets actually similar production to Mason Plumley did, wow. to what Mason Plumley did. I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off there. So Isaiah Hardenstein, man, he, he is kind of like a modern day backup center in the sense that he's super he's versatile offensively. Um, yeah, he's on a cheap deal that that makes him a modern day <laughs> backup center. But also, he's athletic. I think he's going to be able to shoot threes. Uh, he can score. He can pass a little. He can get up and down the floor. I think people are going to be really, uh, really like surprised, but also excited about Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, so I yeah, think he's his, a good signing. What's his major skill set? I've not done any research on him. Is he? Can he shoot? Can he? Is he? Is he just like a defensive guy? Like what, what's his deal? I think he's more of an offensive first guy, actually. Really? Yeah. He he's athletic. He can get up and down the floor. He can finish, um, and. I think he's going to be able to shoot as well. He, he didn't like shoot super efficiently with the Rockets last year, but he didn't really get a chance. And um, I think I rattled off this stat on a show earlier this center or, or earlier this uh, week, but he actually really produced whenever he got consistent minutes. Yeah, that's a good comment from Adam. He's a slasher. He's just kind of like a, a versatile offensive guy. So, I mean, I don't know like how many minutes he's going to get in a rotation night to night, I think ideally the Nuggets top three bigs are Jokic, Paul Millsap and Jamichael Green and Jamichael Green and Paul Millsap can play the five. Like those guys can play the five on a backup bench unit. So you can see a lot of rotation there, but uh, Isaiah Hardenstein could, could get, you know, 10 minutes a night. I can see that. Doesn't it seem like this front office has, you know, whether this was like wittingly or not, assembled or really leaned into the all offensive thing. You know, there's a lot of guys who I think you would describe them more as offensive players than defensive on this team. My first question with Hartenstein, because I see this comment here, you talk to a lot of people who maybe call themselves scouts or talk to scouts or, or really just been following Hartenstein. They're very high on him and his skill set. So then my question is, you know, why was he available? Why didn't he play so much at the NBA? I know he's young, but then you see that he's that he was on the Houston Rockets. So is it part of the case, Harrison, that maybe just wasn't a great fit there? And that, you know, they were just trying to shoot threes, maybe not really playing centers a ton. And so in a different, different, uh, you know, environment, maybe he's got more to open up and more to showcase. Definitely. And here's the stat I was talking about. When he's played over 20 minutes in his career, Hartenstein's averaged 13 points and nine rebounds. So mm. like he produces on the offensive end, especially when he's gotten those minutes, but yeah, he was on a Rockets team that like made it illegal to play anybody over six <laughs> right. or nine yeah. last year. 
Right. Isn't that oh, hilarious? Like, like to, to look at the like anytime you get someone from the Rockets, you're like, do they still know how to play NBA basketball? Are they, <laughs> are they so broken by this weird system that's been created in Houston that they they can no longer be reintroduced into a normal yeah. NBA lineup? <laughs> Another wrinkle to Hardenstein is he actually played on the same G League team as Monte Morris did. Oh, uh, let's go. 2017. Maybe there's a a little a little chemistry there on that second it. unit. But I do think that maybe like if Paul Millsap doesn't start, I wonder if Paul Millsap's the primary backup center. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be the So many questions. I can't wait. Ten days. We get all our answers. And I'm sure we're going to be angry and frustrated about all of them. All right. We've got a couple more um, training camp storylines to tackle, but I I think Mares is planning on coming back. So, guys, if we can squeeze it in, uh, let's do a little little speed draft here. It's our last show of the offseason. Should we hit a break first? Yeah, that's a good point. We're never going to do this draft. Let's do the let's do the break. <laughs> yeah, we're, just to be clear, we're drafting Thanksgiving foods, and we have to do it without Mares, who's a noted Thanksgiving hater, would ruin everybody's fun and would make terrible comments the whole time. <laughs> All right, we'll have the Thanksgiving draft in one second. Um, first, though, maybe uh, maybe you could insert Strava Craft coffee into your uh, Thanksgiving uh... Day uh, spread. I mean, maybe, maybe think about it. Uh, you guys can subscribe now and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Uh, get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and 20% off any product you are subscribing to uh, with Strava Craft Coffee. It's packed with CBD, which is known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and you get a lot of that in Strava Craft Coffee. So uh, check them out today. Also, let's hit a pick of the week before I forget about it and Lindsay comes down on me for, for not remembering. <laughs> what is your pick of the week? All right. So if you guys go on to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, they have all these crazy odds boosts. And it's just under the odds boost tab. It's super easy to find. But I don't know how great of a pick these are, but the odds are so ridiculous that they're just impossible to pass up. In case they do hit, just, you know, throw like five bucks on this bet. I'm not, I'm not asking you to, you know, throw your mortgage on it. Just throw a couple bucks on it. Michigan State, Michigan, and Kentucky all the win by 20 plus points. You get plus 830 odds. So you can throw five bucks on this and win 46 bucks. You know, mm, you I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying this bet's going to cash, but I think it's worth to just throw five bucks in there. So that's my DraftKings pick of the week. Michigan State, Michigan, and Kentucky all the win by 20 points plus 830 odds. Can I tell you a guaranteed winner? A guaranteed winner is Taysom Hill, the quarterback of the Saints, to score a touchdown. That's it? Yeah. he. Well, that meaning him to run it in versus to throw it. Okay. Um, Taysom Hill, uh, I, I gave this out as my prop bet when I was on the tailgate and of course it hit like that guy um, if you get anywhere near and, the, and also they're playing the Broncos so we'll see um, we'll be able to see this like live in our faces if you want to like be able to feel good about being decimated on uh, national television as a Broncos fan bet Taysom Hill to score a touchdown that prop is going to be a lock free money free money from the guys at DNPR Nuggets alright fellas let's do it. a little speed round a little quick oh. impromptu draft here um, who won the last draft we did was it Eric? I don't like uh, that. No, last. What Wind. was the last? We did states. states. Oh, yeah. Very controversial. We apologize to everyone we offended. I thought we were supposed to go in reverse order. Like states, like. Brandon oh, yeah, being- that's right. Perfect. We'll go We'll go right to left. Very intuitive. <laughs> With the first pick of the 2020 DNVR Nuggets Thanksgiving food draft, Brennan Boat selects. 
stuffing. Oh, the top stuff side, it, dude. the on. best food that there is. So, Flo Sibber, uh, just to, so you understand, uh, Thanksgiving is an American <laughs> holiday whereby we all just stuff our faces with the same food every year. And some people are not happy with that food. But people are going to be very it. confused by the draft order here. I, I can already tell this is going to like... The right to gonna, left draft order? Well, we're going to have the internet on fire. Oh, there we yeah, go. We, there we, we go. go. They're finally, <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it finally, live. Finally, some, some professional work. There we go. Here. I also like this Thanksgiving draft for a predominantly European audience that couldn't care less. All right. You're up, D-Lenko. So, turkey, always very underrated. People love to hate on turkey. It's very uh, in fashion. People love to to say that it's not good. And I'm going to have to listen because we're being voted on by the people. So, I, with the second pick in the DNVR Thanksgiving Day draft, will select... Mashed potatoes and gravy. Let's Ooh, go. That's a Let's pick. go. Good pick. Yes. Okay, for those of you who aren't familiar with snake drafts, Harrison Wind bringing up the rear. He gets I feel two like picks. we shouldn't. We, we shouldn't do like I don't even think there are three. 15. We should do three. Yeah, three yeah. rounds. This feels just a big three. <laughs> um. Okay, we're gonna have to talk through this pick because I don't know oh, how specific boy. I have to get. Oh, Can boy. I just go pie? You got to go specific. No, you got to pick a pie. Get out of here. You got to pick a pie, dude. You can't just say pies. Can I have LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade? Or do I have to pick one? Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. Pick a pie, bro. Pick a pie. Well, I might not go pie now. I might not go pie. You can't have every pie you want. All right. Well, I guess for my, my my number three overall pick. How are you unprepared for your first round pick? That's the real question. Because <laughs> honestly, I wasn't expecting the draft. This draft to is going to be a way. mess. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to go pie. This might be a bust, but I'm going to go apple pie. Oh, That's a good no. pick. Pie. That's a good pick. Yo, I got to tell you, like, uh, pumpkin pie is a pretty big draw around these times. But okay, listen. I think more people like apple, but it might be that might be a controversial. Take. I I prefer apple wholeheartedly, but you understand we're playing to the people here. Like we don't get to decide who wins. It's not up to us. Wind, uh, you got another pick, brother. All right, um, you know I'm gonna stand up for the for the main course of Thanksgiving. No. I think no. it's good. I think it's good value no. in round two. Here's um, food at number three. I'm going turkey. <laughs> Oh, I don't oh like you turkey, son of a dude. bitch. You know what, though? I trust the voters to irresponsibly ignore oh, the choice of a turkey, dish. Turkey at number four overall is good value. Oh, I've been good seeing value. the hate on turkey all week on Twitter. My response to those people, you've never had a good turkey if you think turkey is this overrated. Big L for turkey. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... Um, what's yeah, the other... The what's the turkey substitute? Is it ham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, with my, with the one, two, three, four, with the fifth pick in the yeah, 2020 the Thanksgiving Day food draft, I will select honey baked ham. Wow. That's I can't right. believe it took that long for honey baked ham to come out. Oh, Adam, are you here? <laughs> I'm back. Are you done I'm recording back. with Matt Moore, Anthony Irwin? <laughs> Who are all the other people you want? No, we don't with? want to hear your we don't want to hear your takes. You're mm. a silent observer of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffing number one's a weird call, but all right. Just shut up, up Adam. Beat it. <laughs> I'll get out of here, bro. <laughs> Jason's deli. Just um, wet bread. <laughs> I get two picks. I get two picks. Um <laughs> With my second pick in the 2020 DNVR Nuggets Thanksgiving food draft, Brennan Vogt selects 
Cornbread, underrated oh, side. Put it on the board. Wow, cornbread, oh, wow. cornbread, solid, solid side dish, solid yeah, side solid dish. Cornbread. And I will wrap this sucker up. Um, this is not an appeal to the voters. This is my favorite dessert, pumpkin pie. If you yeah. think it's bad, you're overthinking it because it's not. I don't think it's good. Dude, apple pie is GD delicious. I tried just to take all pies, number three, and they didn't let me. We did shoot that down, yeah. Believe it or not. This is this I find myself in a very precarious position. You have a chance. You have a chance. You can do it. Things I I just pulled up my big board. A lot of risers, a lot of fallers. Apple pie shot up the boards in a way that people weren't expecting. Going by perennial favorites like Cranberry sauce, yeah. green casserole. Cranberry sauce, something everybody has at Thanksgiving. Uh, just dinner, <laughs> dinner rolls. Dinner rolls different than cornbread. Oh my god, it's true. It is. You know what? Um, mac and cheese still on the board. You know what I'm going to go for because it's not explicitly mentioned. I will with the one, two, three, four, five, oh six, god. seven. With the eighth <laughs> selection in the 2020 DNVR Thanksgiving Day Grab, I will take explicitly gravy. Hey! Gravy as a pick. Let's go. Come on. Explicitly <laughs> gravy. Give the air horn for gravy. Oh, man. Gravy. gravy. Well, all right. With my third overall pick, uh, people are going to be talking about this pick for weeks already now. I don't know how it's still on the board. Maybe the best food served at any Thanksgiving dinner, mac and cheese. Yeah, hey, I can't believe it. Yo, we got to go uh, one more round. There's still a few. I got my few, ass kicked. I got there's my still a few big kicked. ones back in the we gotta, we gotta snake it. We gotta snake it. Uh, we gotta we'll snake it. Snake one more time. All right, right, one more I, time. I, look, man. All right, all right, I'm not right, doing right. anything else. Um. Uh, okay. Gravy's a great glue guy. It's true. Gravy goes with like gravy's all those a great food. glue. Gravy God. is good. I can't believe you just took gravy. It's like over fantasy drafting basketball players. I will take. The basketball. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'll select next? Not salad. Salad dressing. <laughs> Where are you going, Wincy? This is my point. They're already out of foods that people. Oh, like. quiet, you Adam. Pipe that. Get him out of here. Cranberry Win. sauce gonna have to be taken. Come on, Win. What yeah, do like, got? do I have to take cranberry sauce? No, you here? don't. You don't have to take anything you don't want. It's just I could like take Thanksgiving sweet dinner potatoes. Itself. I could take green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. There's a lot on there. A lot on there. I could take another pie. Um. I am going to take biscuits. Biscuits! Wow! <laughs> yeah. No, biscuits. I, listen. I'll stand for biscuits. Biscuits. Bi- are- is biscuit? Do you eat biscuits with Thanksgiving? You have? Are you talking about rolls? Cornbread listen. over biscuits. Yeah, biscuits, no, no. rolls. Dinner same, rolls. Same thing? Biscuit. Same a difference? biscuit is not a same as a roll. I'm sorry. I guess. So, all right. It's all right. It's not my draft. It's not my draft. Oh, it's certainly not your draft. That's That much is clear. All right. All right. right. With my pick in the 2020 Thanksgiving Day draft. That was the drum roll was set for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's my fault, guy. Uh, like I, I'm not a, uh, a slave to guys. Make timing. your pick, nerd. You have by far the best team so far. So if you, you, you I will select stick the landing. Oh God. Corn. I will take corn. Hey, <laughs> you know what? All right. I will take corn. Feels like a lie didn't pick, but you didn't take him in the first, so yeah. I won't yeah. trash you for it. <laughs> a little corn, like corn on the cob is like corn just like from a can. can of corn. 
you know what? You can interpret that however. The best version of corn that the you ever get at Thanksgiving is Can I take leftovers? Mexican corn street corn. Do I have to pick a food? You have uh, to pick a figure one out. Mexican street corn is like a top three Whoa. food, potentially. <laughs> I love nothing better than when, when Mike does that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? It's been a while since Harrison Mike That was the most that. harrowing moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> What on earth? Did okay. my mic do the, do the thing where it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, five octaves? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it got all slow. It's like the exorcist. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just take my L and get this thing over with. I'll take sweet potatoes. Put it on. Oh, uh, that's not that bad. Uh, sweet Dude, potatoes are actually great. How is that not out there? Sweet potatoes, that was, you know, you did a great job. <laughs> Wow. What I was <laughs> saying is Mexican street corn is like a top three oh, food ever dude mexican streets my yeah it's, it's like incredible uh i think oh man i kind of want my uh lineup right now look at that i think delicious. eric really did the first three are great corn <laughs> just that just like is garnish but you did great in the first three hey guys i'm still take that awarding harrison number one harrison wins because only one of these foods is even remotely tolerable and that's mac and cheese great. All the other see listen oh great terrible let's, let's have adam weigh in on this hey um this is like having like having the draft and then we'll have like someone who never watches the nba way well how do you think the nuggets did a guy who hates the nba <laughs> they should have traded for Kawhi in the draft <laughs> i just gotta say if we're looking for a well-rounded meal i've got the main the main uh, the main star that i got the alpha in turkey i got a great <laughs> A great secondary option of mac and cheese, no, a side dish in guys. biscuits, and then a dessert and apple pie. Boom! You know what? Um, you, you might have sold me. It's hang on, though. Hang on. I feel like I'm the Kawhi-less Toronto Raptors. There's a lot of playable role players on that team, but I am lacking my heavy hitter. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't, have a, you, you don't have an anchor for this team. All right. Well, listen. Um, <laughs> I just want to thank everyone for rocking with us in these off-season pods. Um, been a really, really cool thing for us. This has been way more fun than we imagined it when we started doing this. It's not just when you watch, it's when you comment, when you like the video, when you share the video. We're building something special here and emphasis on the we. It's not the four of us, it's all of us. We appreciate you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and go Denver Nuggets. Let's go. So this weekend on WGT, you guys know we have tournaments every single weekend on World Golf Tour. WGT, the official gaming partner of DNVR, the Candied Yam Classic. Yes, I do not believe candied yams were selected in the great Thanksgiving food draft of 2020 on today's episode of the podcast. But this weekend on WGT, the Candy DM Classic, available in Country Clubs DNVR, DNVR2, DNVR3, and DNVR4, which just opened up. All you got to do if you're not joined up yet, just download WGT World Golf Tour. Search for the DMVR4 Country Club. That way you'll automatically be entered into the Candy DM Classic this weekend. It's a closest to the whole tournament at Marion, which means that it takes like 30 seconds to play, a minute to play. Close to the whole classics just take like no time at all. So pound out that tournament. Take a screenshot of your scorecard. Reply to the pin tweet on the DNVR underscore sports Twitter account. That way you'll automatically be entered into the drawing for this week and you could win some cool DNVR merch. Again, remember to play the Candy DM Classic this weekend on WGT.